Ladies and gentlemen, we are live, coming to you from Matt Buchanan Studios, brought to you by me, Matt Buchanan. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Matt Buchanan Studios and Matt Buchanan Comedy. Check the episode description for links to all of my, as well as my guests' social media handles. Quaco Inc. is the official sponsor of the show. Quaco is also the official sponsor of my upcoming book release, entitled An Explanation for Life, the Universe, the Brain, the Mind. And consciousness. Available soon from over 30,000 retailers in over 100 countries. Quaco is also the official sponsor of the hot new board game, 33 Degrees of Order and Chaos, coming soon exclusively to Amazon Prime. This is Laugh Therapy, and I am the Comedy Doctor. Stay happy and healthy, folks, and enjoy the episode. That was a song from our guest today, Kyle Ivan. It's his new single called A Rich Life. Find him on Spotify and Instagram at Kyle Ivan. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Kyle <laughs> Ivan. Thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it. You might recognize him from uh, Blues Fest this year, or you might have seen him around town at one of your local bars or radio shows. Uh, if you have, you'll definitely. Uh, look forward to this show and, and getting to know Kyle a little bit better and hearing some of his music. And yeah, so thanks for being here, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's a uh, first time on a, on a podcast, I believe. So it's uh, very exciting for me. <laughs> awesome. Wicked, yeah. man. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun time. It's been uh, a new experience for me, too. I mean, I have a listener, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, new to the production side of things. So yeah. it's, it's been a fun journey on that, too uh yeah so how's it been man did you uh did you have any shows this past weekend or uh i believe i did yeah to be honest if, i'm just gonna pull out my phone for a yeah. second here because i i have a i feel like i have a bad short-term memory in terms of my schedule <laughs> but yeah I, yeah i played a couple <laughs> shows last week i always go i always have to look at my calendar yeah, i gotta do this but thing. uh yeah like i just a couple cover gigs uh like on thursday I was playing the heart and crown out in Barhaven, and then i played okay. a played a bar called shoeless joe's out in cornwall on friday and oh, yeah right those on. are my those are my last two shows there, so. Nice, man. Yeah, I like, uh, I, I haven't been to that Shoeless Joe's, but I, I mean, there's like a whole other meaning to Shoeless Joe's in Cornwall, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of shoeless motherfuckers. Oh, yeah, man. no, but uh, I, yeah, there's a Shoeless Joe's we used to go to back home. It was right by my buddy Nick's place. We go there all the time for like wings and they do those battered up chicken fingers and stuff. Oh, with the, that sounds uh, good. The I don't think I've tried stuff. that one, man. but. Yeah, that's that's some good shit. But uh, nice. Is that here in Ottawa? Or they it... probably do them at that Shoeless Joe's too. I've never tried yeah. them, but I've had this was a Shoeless Joe's back uh, home in Oshawa. Actually. Okay, right, yeah. yeah. It was by our buddy. We go there all the time. It was it was good shit. 
Uh, nice. So you had a couple shows, uh, and you did the uh, Heart and Crown. So which which one did you say? That uh, was the, the one out in Barhaven. Barhaven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We so the last episode that I just did on Sunday, I mm-hmm. had the two guys who produced the comedy show at Heart and Crown. Oh, cool. uh, the one in the buyer market. Yeah. So they're the the comedy market. That's their uh, their show, and they produce that show at the Heart and Crown. Oh, nice. On uh, Wednesdays, like oh, a, did, once a month. I didn't know they had comedy show. there. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> it's newish. They've only been doing producing this show since uh, November, so this is like their fourth one coming up soon. Nice, yeah. nice. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. That sounds. I, I feel like I don't like. I mean, as a musician. Like, I love live music, but I just see so much of it that I need to change every once in a while, yeah. you know? Like, I've, I'm not, because I'm just naturally getting so much live music in my, you know, day-to-day, like, when I want to go out, I often want to try something different. So, like, I find mm-hmm. comedy shows are one of my favorite things that's still, like, going out to watch a show that's not quite live music, and it's a little refresher for my brain. Nice, man. Yeah. Yeah, I respect that. I'm the same way, but comedy to music. You yeah. Know? It's like, I love, I, I'm pretty much any live performance I, i'm happy to be there like if mm. it's art theater uh, a band that's playing a solo artist or a comedian like yeah. I, I probably spend the most time watching comedy shows but you mm. know, I, i'm definitely up to go to any of the above so nice. yeah that's how i it's a good pastime that's yeah. for sure and like that's what this is the whole show is all about is supporting the local talent the local celebrities and, and what everybody's doing around town you know yeah it's uh, a really cool uh cool way to kind of build a community yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and there's so many people here and so many talented folks that I know who are producing art in various forms in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And anything that we can do to showcase that is great. And, like, each of the producers I've had on, you know, they're doing their part in the fact that they they produce a show at a local bar, at a local comedy club, and mm-hmm. that they have stage time for comedians. You know, like, that's they're really doing their part in, like... That's something I want to talk to you about, though, actually, is kind of this difference between or, or what it is like as a musical artist to book stage time and to get booked. Uh, now, you're, to, to most comedians, you're what we would call like a professional musician. The fact <laughs> that you generally and, and usually get paid to do shows and to do gigs, whereas most comedians right now, on average, I'd say like 80% of the comics in Ottawa are like 90% of the people who are regularly on stage don't yeah. get paid. Oh, so wow. it's only the feature acts and the hosts that get paid. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just the way that it is. No, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, so there's not, so I know, uh, I guess like in terms of the music world too, like, uh, generally, like if you're, you know, I mean, with putting aside some like scammy pay to play, uh, organizations, um, generally, you know, as, as an indie artist, uh, you're pretty much making, hopefully something right from the get-go because you're pretty much usually just putting on a show mm-hmm. charging something at the door and then splitting that three ways and i guess there's you know sometimes there's fees like three the tech ways fee. between like the yeah the host or it, and it, the it's usually between or, just the just yeah, the artists yeah. we don't usually have uh hosts in the the indie world i right, feel like i've done yeah. it once or twice like mm-hmm. to kind of spruce i like to right. make my shows a little bit different mm-hmm. but usually it's just the bands you know everyone does a set mm-hmm. there's not really someone kind of running the night host wise yeah. and you just pay the tech fee out and then, you know, everyone kind of gets paid. So I, I didn't actually know that in the comedy world, there's kind of no door split with like comedians. You kind of just, yeah. if you're one of those so, openers, well, you're just going in pro bono. Or? That's generally the case. Yeah. For like the opening guys, there, there's a large amateur comedy scene and that's just kind of the way that the models built uh, and the amount of people that are, you know, doing comedy and the mm. amount of stage time that's available. It's just kind of the way that it works out. Okay. But yeah. some of the producers and some of the shows do split like door three yeah. ways. So mm-hmm. like we had Janelle on here from Eddie's Diner. Like she splits uh, all of her costs three ways between like themselves, the producer, 
the feature act who mm-hmm. is a professional comedian or yep. like semi-professional comedian mm-hmm. and the host of that comedy show but the other all the middle acts don't get paid okay uh, generally that's how it works okay, and not yeah. just her show didn't know that cool okay yeah. yeah learn something new there you go. yeah if you go to a weekend show at a comedy club like yuck yucks or absolute comedy or something mm-hmm. all those acts are getting paid they're okay. all professional comedians that's like a weekend show but pretty much all like the weeknight shows yeah it's always the the feature acts getting paid for that show and then the uh the hosts that get paid mm, and otherwise, not necessarily yeah okay cool yeah and everyone has their own model too but the thing is like with some of these shows you get 13 people on and like a comedy show and yeah. everyone's doing like six minutes whereas like if you're doing a show what's the standard like how does that usually work out are you with other bands is it solo yourself and like how much time do you kind of yeah i'd say like if you just want to go kind of like the average thing you'll see at most indie shows is typically you know there's going to be three acts whether they're solo or a band mm-hmm. um so like kind of two openers and a headliner um and then you, this would be like a ticketed show not just like a weekend at a bar show yeah yeah exactly so like you kind of typical indie you know mm-hmm. original bands yeah. Playing um, at like a live on Elgin. Exactly. Or yeah, like I'm definitely like a music venue as opposed to like a bar mm-hmm. that has cover bands. You know, yeah. that's, I guess, I like it's, it's sometimes it's both, confusing guess, for the people right? that follow yeah. me because, yeah, I definitely yeah, like, do. Maybe you can just explain a bit of both and that'd be interesting. To yeah, hear, like, for sure. How, how each model kind of works. Definitely. Yeah. Because like, I, I definitely do both because like the original band career is the one I want to pursue the most, but it's mm-hmm. one that's harder to make a living at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I currently make a living playing the cover band style, yeah. you know, stuff. And I do that, you know, typically solo, but then I also have band members that jump on when, you know, the bars are willing to pay that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, you know, being a cover musician is not the thing I'm trying to, uh, I guess, invest in, you know, long term. Yeah. So I definitely want to get my rate if I'm playing a cover show, like Absolutely. I'm not cheaping out there. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the original shows, if it's a good opportunity and it can build that career somehow, I'm willing to, you know, be paid a bit less for that. Um, so yeah, I, I guess yeah, you were saying for motivation there, yeah. cause I mean, for a career oriented show, it's, uh, there's a lot of extra value there for you. Whereas exactly. like when you're doing a show at a, at a bar, you're bringing most value to them. Then, uh, Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it, you know, a lot of people will say too, it's like a way to build fans and it's kind of true. I have, you know, built it's a part b- of it, bit of fans sure, there, yeah. but I mean, I play, you know, over a hundred cover shows a year mm-hmm. and the the amount of fans that i make there that actually want to see my original show or i find it, it doesn't uh, translate very well considering i'm playing like a hundred shows yeah a year doing yeah. that thing like there are some that definitely come over to that yeah. side but they'll typically fans i make with cover shows mm-hmm. will just be fans that want to see my cover show yeah. again and they'll That's be like cool. oh let's hire him for this event yeah. where he can play some covers again and you so know. that's still a plus, but at the same time, it's 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 actually the same in comedy, right? We find mm-hmm. um, there's comedians who might do a hundred shows in a year, where they're they might only be on stage for six or twelve minutes or fifteen minutes that mm-hmm. night or twenty minutes tops, probably. Yeah, but they all you know doing 100 shows a year and 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 if you're to translate that to fans in terms of like a following or social media it doesn't track for most people either, like not at all. And I think part of that is just due to the fact that you know. there's not that level of engagement sometimes or Mm -hmm. uh that level of awareness about what uh what their social media even is you know to to get it out there so that they can have those fans who are going to go and seek them out again sure yeah yeah Uh, some shows specifically promote that now too you know which is good i think and it's something i'm trying to do you know Mm -hmm. that's part of the motivation of this too is to like promote all those initiatives to get yeah um bring a face to the name and a voice and, and a personality to the show so that people can then f- go and find you and 
you know build that uh, yeah de- music definitely and, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel like it's what every artist is trying to do just trying to yeah. brand themselves some way you know that yeah. stands out it's a little bit better than everyone else and mm-hmm. you know i mean I, when i say better than everyone else i don't think a lot of us look at it as like a competition as yeah. in like i have to beat this person i feel mm-hmm. like we're a bit more of a community at least here in ottawa yeah. that being said um but that being said like i think internally even though we don't want to like ever screw over someone else we kind of look at ourselves as like where do we stand in terms of like skill compared to the people around us which mm-hmm. is you know it's probably not the best way um in terms of like your mental health to look at how you're doing you know we should, that's maybe not the best way to improve but it's maybe a good way to get some self-awareness on like okay like yes. If you have, like, I feel like I did, uh, you know, I did sound, I did live sound at Live on Elgin for a couple of years when I first moved back to Ottawa from school. Like and sound, um, like doing the sound tech stuff. Yeah, for, exactly. Yeah, it was work. like, yeah, I was tech in there for, mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of years. And I feel like that was a way to really get, get a good grasp on who were the good bands sonically versus who were the okay bands sonically. Hmm. And what like, what do you mean by sonically? Like, like, cause I mean, I don't know, a band can be very entertaining with their show and have a lot of energy, or maybe they can like write good songs, etc. Um, but there's something about like hearing a band live. There's a, I think there's a really solid difference from a, you know, from just your typical band to one that's clearly become very tight as a band. Like they're very in time, very in tune. Um, you know, everything is kind of executed how they pictured it and like you can also tell they've just like found ways to make sure they're filling the right frequency you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) not to get too nerdy and technical but like they've kind of just found a way and like it's not that i'm thinking all these things necessarily as a sound guy if anything it's when i'm not thinking those things that i know a band is is great because typically as the better i got as a sound guy i'm like ah it's kind of it's kind of really muddy here or the biggest thing is like their guitars are just way too fucking loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, so um, that ear is a big advantage for you, eh? having the time to have developed that over time. And yeah, that's, definitely. That's and I, I feel musician. like, I feel like it was funny too. In just a little farther, Yeah, for sure. Just, you can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Swing it in if you want. Um, but I, I find like, I find that uh, the the longer I was doing it too, the more I realized because I think a lot of bands think, oh, okay, let's let's practice, let's get a, let's write some songs, get a or get a band, write some songs, let's practice for a couple months, and then let's try to make it. You know, as mm-hmm. the uh, the typical it's indie band would say. You know, yeah. um, and I think it's kind of like a very like naive statement to think like that once you've just done that without much development that you're just like waiting for your big break or something. Because mm-hmm. I would say you know when I was working at live. 95 to 98 percent of the bands that came through there were just not good enough you know and like and not not to say they were bad but like more time i could see the bands that were clearly had a bigger fan base Mm -hmm. and they were they kind of just had more opportunities for them um and actually before i even knew that about some of these bands I just saw something different in their live show. I was like, wow, these guys are really good. And then I'd look into them later and be like, oh, they're really successful. And it's probably because they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're in like the top five to 2% of the bands that I've seen come through this mm-hmm. venue. And cause you know, yes, there's, there are some crappy bands, but not a lot at most bands are good. You know what I mean? They're right. just, they're just good. They're yeah. okay. They're good there's to, not, there's not yeah. great yeah. bands, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that's, what's really missing. And I think Not a lot Kyle Ivan, Kyle Ivan. Great <laughs> <band>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I think even, you know, it's even like a curse to myself too, or I think like, I, I see those great top five to 2% bands and I'm like, ah, shit, that's not me. <laughs> you know, you something to strive for. You well, know, if that's you're it. On your way there, it's part of the Yeah, journey, exactly. And I think it's just a good reminder mm-hmm. for me. It gives me a bit of self-awareness to say, 
I need to develop my songwriting. I need to develop yeah. my vocal skills a bit. I need to maybe develop my guitar. I play with the band now. My guitar playing is not super important, but you mm-hmm. know, maybe I could be a bit better there. And my band needs to be tighter. You know, sometimes that you know, especially kind of being the songwriter that just hires a band behind him. You know, I do have the responsibility to sometimes change band members, but mm-hmm. ideally, that's a lot of work. I'd, ideally, yeah. I'd like to stick with one band. Um, but so there's kind of like finding the right member and then also making sure that they're up there, you know, in terms of their technical skills, their timing, they're in tune, like also their tone and their dynamics mm-hmm. that fits the whole band. And then, you know, after everything else too, the stage show, how are they on stage? Do they look awkward the whole time, you know, do they, mm-hmm. you know, are they not bringing enough energy? They're bringing too much energy where it's distracting and taking away from, you know, the emotion you're trying to feel. And there's countless things to work th- on. Yeah, that's a lot of thoughts uh, mm-hmm. to go into that. That's a- <laughs> It shows, it tracks with, you know, your experience, I guess, so, right? Like, you've been doing this for a very long time. And from, uh, before we get into that, though, like, the, mm-hmm. from the point of view of the band and hiring a band and stuff to, to work behind you, yeah. Uh, like, how do you go about that in the music industry? Do you, you call for resumes? Or is it more like you, you're at enough shows, you talk to people, you talk to people who might want a guitar player, somebody needs a bassist, and, and all of a sudden it comes together? Or? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's there's kind of, like, no one-size-fits-all for doing that, I would say. Um. I'm in a bit of a tricky position where especially like because I've kind of been trying to build my band for about a year now, I think something mm-hmm. like that. Um, you find an advantage or like what? what's the big have you noticed any big changes now from uh, going from doing mostly solo to trying to build with a band like how's that uh, playing out for you? Yeah, well, I just I just think it sounds so much better. It's more what I pictured, you know, my sound being. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need a band to, like, be successful and to sound how you want to. But, like, I feel like the solo act is a very distinctive sound. And it's something that's becoming a little oversaturated. Not that that's really a problem. You can still be great solo act and mm-hmm. stand out, you know. Um, but it's just not – I realized, like, I think I ended up doing it because – uh, it was just convenient. I just like I had played in a few bands and they kept not working out as I like, you know, in high school and college and they would eventually disband or fall apart. And yeah. I think I just wanted to, you know, run my own show for once. So I tried doing that and like I got, like, you know, a couple of years under my belt of being a solo acoustic artist and then i started to become very folky just because i think when you're writing songs with just your voice and an acoustic that's just naturally where you you tend to go yeah you can only do so much i guess yeah but i think it was about two years ago that i realized like that's not really what i want to sound like you know that's not Mm. really why i've had this passion for music i grew up listening to classic rock and you know like live 885 is one of my favorite stations like alternative rock like you don't get a lot of like solo acoustic you know uh players on there you know um i mean like i i think ed sheeran's amazing and i love him but i don't really want to be an ed sheeran you know i don't yeah. want that you know i want to be a frank turner or something or an arkells or something mm-hmm. a little more rock and roll you know yeah i don't necessarily want everyone you know like i don't necessarily want maybe you know twenty thousand screaming 13 year old girls <laughs> in seats you know maybe i'd yeah. rather five thousand you know moshing 20 year olds in yeah, a in yeah. a pit or something or at least you know maybe not moshing but like at least a bit of crowd surfing or some energy yeah. where they're not sitting in chairs with and they're a couple not mosh worthy songs i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah just you know just something with a bit of energy i think frank turner is good at that because he's yeah. got like the he's kind of like a bit of an acoustic singer songwriter but mm-hmm. he still has like his punk history that he brings into his new stuff and yeah. 
it gets people dancing, especially when the band's involved. And that's, it's really yeah, what I want to nice do. When you can get up and dance in the movement to some rock music, you know? And yeah. Your, your new song, newest song single, mm-hmm. uh, was inspired by the Arkells a bit, right? In terms yeah. of the sound, you, you're kind of motivated by that. And I, I really like the, uh, sort of like chant sequence. Uh, I don't <laughs> know what you would call that in, in music, yeah. but like, I, I'm, I'm into that kind of so, songs that do that well is nice. It has, it, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's totally. It's nice to chant something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't even know what you'd exactly call that part. But yeah, just like the breakdown there where there's a bit of like yeah. it's a it's a repeated line that, you know, kind mm-hmm. of encourages the listener to sing along a bit because yeah. it's like it, and it builds up in, this, mm-hmm. in the recording version of it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of a, something I really wanted to, to throw in there. The song is a rich life, by the way. Yeah, that's yeah. the song it's, that you heard at the beginning of the show. There you go. Yeah. Which, so if, uh, if anyone's looking for, uh, you know, kind of where the direction i'm heading and that's the newest single called the rich yeah. life and if you look that one up it's even i brought these uh when Very it came nice, out yes, it came out in like november video. i brought these uh little uh they're kind of like they almost like a, looks like monopoly money where it's got like but it's got uh kyle ivan on it and says a rich the face life. you got the iconic hair yep oh really yeah for re- sure always recognize the iconic <laughs> yeah hair. so and i was handing these and then on the back of them it's got like yeah, a little yeah, qr see? code there and just where it's available and links okay i see what yeah. you mean yeah that's sick so they could scan that out yeah. and also it was it was raining a bit of cash in the video music yeah video exactly video. yeah and it, it even did it, you can see some of these are like are kind of torn up a bit and that's because i think these ones were actually uh part of the video no or, not even uh, the video what yeah. i did is for the live show you can buy these confetti cannons at uh, like mm. party city which i right. used to use a lot in like when i was in i kind of was in a comedy duo that's you know sick um back in the day and then uh like the comedy music type show? Yeah, yeah yeah we were like comedy musicians there's a show that goes on uh i had janelle on here she should pre- we talked about her already just 20 mm-hmm. minutes ago but she produced a show comedy at eddie's and they do a musical comedy show like oh, once cool. a month or like every couple of months so <laughs> check it out sometime. nice yeah, yeah yeah that'd be funny yeah it's uh i used to our band was called it was me and a guy named trevor dubois if, uh, trevor, you know, yeah, trevor yeah i met him for sure yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think i have him on instagram and yeah he used to go by charlie the kid yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. Santa changes. but uh, um yeah anyway so he, yeah we used to be the, the comedy duo band there mm-hmm. and uh but That's yeah those sweet. those days are a little bit behind us now we don't we try and i think he still maybe takes a keeps a foot in that door a little mm-hmm. bit but i uh you know i kind of said goodbye to that a couple years ago yeah i mean like so. not too seriously but i didn't want to be hokey and comedy mm-hmm. you know like Weirdo. i wanted to be yeah, yeah yeah like i think it started to go there and like you know i even i feel like i was really inspired by bare naked ladies who you could say were a bit funny at times yeah, but then I like them a lot. yeah as, but as you i feel like as you really dig into bare naked ladies nothing was too just pure joke jokiness mm-hmm. at least they were still really good music behind almost every yeah. song you know guys if you didn't know I, i've heard kyle do a lot of bare naked ladies live it's very good he can do i can't remember this song you one I week i think it's one week the yeah. one where it's like the really fast <laughs> breakdown part and like, gonna make a break and take a fake i like a stinking naked check i like vanilla it's the finest of the flavors <laughs> yes i love that shit yeah that it's all, great. That i'm on my feet for sure already i want to stand up yeah there you That's go a big, yeah he can do uh do a lot of those really, really nice. oh yeah i love it i love mm-hmm. it so uh, yeah, the new new single from there. Uh, on that note, why don't you tell everybody you know where they could find the single, your music? I know you've got your own website, Kyle.com. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're on all the platforms. Uh, what's the best place? Like, where do you want people to go? Oh, you can find it anywhere. Um, I mean, I feel like I feel like I put a lot of effort into maybe marketing my Spotify a bit. So if if you're using Spotify, you know, give it mm-hmm. a give it a couple streams there. You know, put it on silent, let it run all night. I'm <laughs> just yeah. kidding, but um, yeah, there are. There's that the YouTube is also another 
platform I'd like to build up a bit. So mm-hmm. there's a I did a you what know, is it like? What would we search? What's your name on? Yeah, uh, just, just, search just look up Kyle Ivan. Ivan. That's all. YouTube, It'll yeah. come up. Yeah, if you look up Kyle Ivan. Um, You'll find my channel very easily, or mm-hmm. if you want to type in a rich life as well, it'll just get there that much faster. But awesome. everything's uh, everything's easily yeah. searchable. There's if you other type singles and other music videos. Yeah, on there too. Yeah. yeah, it's funny too because this one was a bit different. My last couple music videos that I put out before Rich Life were kind of very highly produced and, uh, quite frankly, expensive <laughs> costing. Mm-hmm. You know, right. um, music videos. Is that when you started working with bands? Around that time, yeah, it was. Uh, I think the first really expensive one I did was uh, the music video for "The Bad Kind," which came out in 2017, and that was just that's one of my favorite songs. Oh, was, thanks, yeah. man. Maybe, maybe my favorite. Oh, I, I like. Yeah, appreciate I like it. The one. Yeah, so that that one uh, that one was a pretty expensive music video. Um, got the help of uh, Factor Grant to fund that one. Um, oh, that's like a an artistic government type grant or something. Yeah, it's actually a. I'm not sure if they're actually in government. I think they're private, um, mm-hmm. but maybe they do get some funding Very from the cool. government, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, they're like Is a not for profit. An um, opportunity other artists might 100%. Have open to them. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Canada wide. Yeah. Um, they have a crazy amount of grants, most of which are only applicable to because what happens is you can get rated as an artist. Mm hmm. And there's a. Uh, it's always gonna get rated. Yeah, pretty much. So there's it's there's like general an artists. TV kind of thing or like. Um, a, not really. It's it's the, all very you... private and like yeah. you have to submit stuff and it's yeah. it's looked over by jurors and stuff like okay. that. It's very official. Um, but uh, yeah, so like what you can do is you can submit your information as an artist and mm-hmm. most people, you know, probably anyone that I know in the music industry is gonna be rated general artist. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know it kind of bases that basis based on your your following and your sales and your revenue and mm-hmm. and your radio play and whatnot so like if you have no radio play if you're not really racking in the cash and you're not you know selling thousands of cds then you're probably going to be a general artist and from yeah. there you get access to like um a few grants that you can apply for mm-hmm. that happen like i think the application deadlines are like twice a year and the one i got was uh it was called uh artist development grant mm-hmm. i think is what it's called and it's pretty vague it pretty much can cover anything uh you want to do to develop yourself as an artist in in Very a year's cool. time yeah. and they give you up to two thousand dollars as a grant mm-hmm. to cover up to 75 percent of your expenses so mm-hmm. if uh you know you have to submit so have to like do a, some like in kind some of your own contribution exactly yeah they want to make sure they're not just you're not just you're not just spending their money you're actually investing in it yourself too yeah and they make you like they make you submit like a uh a reference track that they're going to judge how you are on and then you also have to like fill out kind of your plan for the year and what yeah. you plan to do and then you also have to fill out like a budgeting form you know where is your money going mm-hmm. what are you spending it on and i think uh you know how i got that grant too is just be as like well thought through and as specific as possible mm-hmm. and i think lately they've changed it a bit too where the the markings are more on the song so just make sure you have a really you know um highly i guess well well created song mm-hmm. um and I think I think kind of like a little tip there with like the the reference track that you have to put in for anyone listening that wants to apply for a grant is uh, I think a little tip is to basically I think the criteria is not that it has to necessarily be a demo but it has to be an unreleased song. Okay. So your best bet is to record a song in studio mm-hmm. before you release it publicly. Submit for the grant. So now you have an incredibly high quality, right. you know, song. Of course, you know, if you can afford to go to the studio, that's another question too, right? Yeah. But hopefully you can. And then so then submit it there to the grant. And then, you know, you have a much better chance of getting the grant and then release it afterwards. Mm-hmm. So that way you can uh, kind of, you can qualify 
good point. Yeah, it. yeah. No, that's uh, that's definitely good advice. I think there's probably a lot of people who would be interested in that sort of thing and maybe not yeah. aware that it's available. What was the name of the company? Factor. Again? Yeah, Factor. It, it's yeah. a it's They're like a there's a lot of other Canada based. Yeah, yeah. it's Canada wide. Um, it's pretty competitive. It's not the easiest place to get. Oh, grants, I bet. Uh, but it's, it's uh, in, so great I, resource. Like, as a scientist too, uh, this is a basically how we have to get paid. Like yeah. any of those scientists who are very well established or have highly productive labs and they do lots of great research experiments mm -hmm. are all funded by grants and yeah. every year typically for some labs so like you know you could get a lab as a if you're like a, one of the you know top researchers you might get a grant that's like a million dollars you know if you're a professor university but that's a million dollars and then they give it to you for like five years and you get two hundred thousand yeah. a year yeah but then that's you got to hire all these people you got to buy equipment mm -hmm. microscope might cost a hundred thousand yeah. dollars in the first place so all that kind of stuff and it's all grant oriented you have to submit mm -hmm. them put in an application and very uh, like objective oriented and the better yeah. you can make your plan but it's also similar highly competitive mm -hmm. and you know only the top like five percent maybe get it kind yeah. of thing every uh yeah it's every time around pretty so. much yeah it's very interesting too um i think uh i've never really thought this through too much but i think i know of like some artists that are kind of you know maybe not very popular yet but they're a little they're a little bit established in the mm -hmm. music industry um i feel like a lot of their income comes from grants and it's kind of a similar model that i don't okay. think it's it's not really talked about that much like everyone mm -hmm. talks about you know you should apply for grants and get grants as a musician but no one talks about it as like your main source of income mm -hmm. which i think it it might be i think it's a very you know lucrative way to make a living off of music and it's not really mm -hmm. explored too much i think i know a couple of people that do kind of make a living off of grants and then yeah. on fact i didn't realize that'd be the same for music and that's yeah really well i don't think it's not necessarily the status quo it's not like right. it's the only way because of course if you have a following you're gonna make you know the bigger you're following the more you make it your live shows the yeah. more you sell your tickets there the more you sell your merch there and that's where the majority of your money's going to come from mm -hmm. not you know because in terms of selling music or streaming music the there is an income there but it's not a lot you know mm -hmm. i think what was the what was the rate i've heard recently that it's a, a million streams is worth like seven thousand dollars so oh my God. <laughs> you've got like so a huge hit it's it's you know so really yeah, it's money but not 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 a living wow yeah. so it's only like yeah the the people who come out with these viral songs that are, are going to make much money from it and then yeah. the personal branding that goes along with that to, to build up you know mm -hmm. your sales and other places and even even with like hit songs that get you know maybe hundreds of millions of streams so like maybe what are you talking then you're talking about maybe seven hundred thousand dollars you know not even a million dollars yet um if you're just doing the math equally and then at that rate too that like seven hundred thousand dollars it's split between not only the songwriters but it's also split between the publishers and then mm -hmm. more like most than likely um it's going to be you know, paid to paid out in a, in a high percentage of it will be paid out to a label if it's signed to like a major label yeah, too. Yeah, so like, too, you know, so the people yeah. working on tax. it are still, you know, and maybe at, at these big hit songs are still making mm -hmm. like what tops, you know, maybe, maybe uh 50 to a hundred thousand dollars for that song. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if you're the top of the game, great. You made, you know, a one-year salary that, mm -hmm. like, you know, some government, average government worker makes you in Ottawa, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so you really got to live for it. You, you got to do other stuff, yeah. But, of course, you you know, you should be writing more than one song if you're that yeah, good, right? Yeah, that's but, when, when you get there and then you get, you build it up like your whole catalog. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. but that's to, wild. To kind of build on that point, too, I never really thought of it that much, but there's also um, 
there's also a lot of because when in terms there's lots of other grants but in terms of factor they do kind of show who has been factor funded too and and they also have rules yeah they also have rules too that like if you're factor funded you have to put the factor logo on everything you're using or claiming the funding for so like if it's on a music video it has to show Mm -hmm. at the end of the music video if it's on a song it has to be on all the posts and advertisement it's on a tour it's got to be the branding's got to be out there that factor helped fund this and you see it a lot on some pretty big artists like Colorado. You'll see oh, wow. it sometimes on like Billy Talent sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or is Billy Talent? They're Canadian, right? You recently yeah. played guitar for Colorado, um, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, not not an official capacity, but as a fan, I <laughs> found my way on stage yeah. to play Juliet with them. That was a lot of fun. That's like, I mean, my favorite song by them and probably many people's favorite. Mm-hmm. It's kind of super cliche to say that, but it's a, I don't know, I really enjoy that tune. Yeah, that, I think I saw that video you doing that. Uh, uh, that must have been pretty fun, eh? Oh, yeah. it was a blast. It yeah. was an absolute blast, At yeah. Barrymore's, or where was that? That was a Bronson Center. Oh, Bronson Center. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would uh, that would have been cool. Oh. And, yeah, so it's actually, it's again, same thing in science that's interesting, too, about mm-hmm. the grants. Like, you have to put, you know, if I get a grant from NSERC, that's the National Science and Engineering Research Council, uh, you have to put that on all of your publications. Anything that comes out, you have to declare your funding and where it came from. Yeah. And part of that is like a declaration of interest because it's also just to show that, but also, you know, their own branding. And I mean, why not? Like, I respect the fact that they funded it, you know? Yeah, Anyways, exactly. I'm happy to support the fact that they did that. Kind mm-hmm. of, thing. But, of course, yeah. yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah, I bet some people would be interested. I mean, and yeah, like, congrats. It's cool that you got one too and you were able to make that video. Yeah. That was like your first single, right? Or um. Uh, no, I think as, uh, I put out, I guess it was kind of my first single upon like rebranding myself as an artist, but before that about a, do you mean like the name change rebranding? Yeah. Yeah. So like a little bit the name change, but it was also just kind of like the stylistic change and a bunch of other things too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, before that there was a song that came out called good Lord, which is still kind of, you know, it's like unofficially the first single, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of under my current project. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean that one's still online. You can find that everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's still played at my live shows almost every almost every uh, yes. every gig. Um, but yeah, so like I'd say that's maybe the first single. But okay. the bad kind was maybe the first big and step the first towards the next video level. Or yeah, well, I actually <laughs> actually yeah. there there was a music video filmed for Good Lord. It was kind okay. of a student project. Yeah. Um, and what happened is they so they agreed to do it basically for free i had to cover some expenses like a yeah. venue rental and getting people out and paying for food and drinks whatever but um what happened is they uh they agreed to do it for free on their part because they needed to film a music video for an end of year project okay for their like class film studies yeah mm-hmm. and so like so but then what happened is we were talking about it and they're like oh can we like can we like cut the song like here, you know, so we can like, cause it's a, it was a long song. It's like a five minute song. So like, okay. they're like, can we cut the song here? Cause I guess their project only need to be like three or four minutes long. Um, so I was like, well, no, you can't just cut out my song <laughs> and give me that video they're, But they were like, okay, we'll do that for our project. And then we'll give you a different version for your thing. Hmm. Um, so time went by and like they filmed it all. We got it all done. And then I was just kind of waiting for it to, I was talking to the, uh, the the director who was mm-hmm. like she was labeled the director i guess of the whole operations of the music video and she was like oh i'm waiting for it to get edited you know and then like they you know they 
and uh, I kind of went back and forth being like, oh, yeah, waiting for it to get edited. And then all of a sudden the school year was done. And they were like, yeah, no, I'm just trying to get in touch with this guy who was supposed to be editing it and like haven't really heard from him. Mm-hmm. And then this went this conversation went on for like a month or two. And then eventually she was like, I we haven't heard from this guy in months. We don't know where he is. And he had all the files, the oh, video. Yeah. He just dropped out of and school. He, he just he just he just dipped. He just just fucked up fucked right off and uh, so i never got to see the the light of day of that music video until (laughs) until about um i think it was like a year ago maybe maybe two years ago um because this was filmed like i want to say what four or five years ago now Mm -hmm. um so maybe it's a year or two ago that uh i kind of messaged the the director again asking her because i i kind of kind of crossed my mind about that and i was like oh we filmed it never got to see it and i think some people who acted in it were like whatever happened to the video because they were in it you know they, mm. they were part of the shoot yeah, they it. never got to see it and i was like i was like ah oh, i got lost and then i thought about it i was like i was like well they didn't fail the program they must have handed in some version of it for even if it's not the full song they must have handed in something mm-hmm. and so I, I asked her i was like i was like i know it's lost but like what about the version you submitted for your project? And she's like, oh, well, we have that. And so she sent <laughs> wow. it over to me. So it's not the full song. It's, okay. it's not something I would, like, officially release. just, like, cut, cut it and submitted it? Yeah, or? yeah. It's wow. a little bit of a rough, you know, student cut. But it's uh, mm. but it's kind of, you know, it's something to remember all that effort put in wow. there and all the people were there. Yeah. So I have that on my laptop. Very I've never cool. put it out. It might be kind of like a perk of a, maybe like a GoFundMe campaign or some wow, kind of, you yeah. know, some kind of fan yeah. uh, experience in the future, I think, of people that were, you know, knew it from way back mm-hmm. when um so I, yeah i've got that Very in my back cool. pocket wow. it does it it does they exist were, uh, algonquin students weren't they or through that program? yes they were yeah. they were in the algonquin program okay, yeah because yeah. <laughs> i remember we had a, a group of them come to a comedy show recently yeah and i was on this show at um at absolute comedy mm-hmm. and i guess they they insert I, I don't know how it worked out but this girl got on the show last minute which isn't supposed to happen because they book these shows like a month in advance usually in, in comics so you always yeah. know who's on and anyway so she got on randomly and i guess she was in the class of one of these and then she had a film crew of like eight people there with her who were like part of her group i guess yeah and the group project was to film her doing her set on stage her first set that she's ever done in her life she was like kind of just the person who got nominated voluntold yeah like oh you're gonna you're gonna do the filming thing you'll be the the star and we're all the film crew and then they had to edit and do the whole thing yeah and david brennan was the host shout out to david brennan fucking hilarious and he was just killing us because they're also the whole thing was that the <laughs> that it was due tomorrow like yeah. we were at the show and they were filming it right then and there's like so you know this and, and they're like no it's due tomorrow and he i don't know he tore them up for for this and that the whole time and he's like <laughs> algonquin college oh. motto, it's due tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> oh that's too funny yeah to, to be under pressure yeah. in a comedy show <laughs> you can get screwed over <laughs> the most pressure and like that's, that's sure. so like a lot of comics come in and film their sets but like you know we set up a, a little camera maybe a dslr or a cell phone camera and she had a film crew with the fucking things (laughs) bunch of them boom mics the whole show is amazing like david brennan Mm -hmm. the the host of the show he 
like played with them the whole time and how put so much pressure on her in a funny way though where he's like oh you know you have to like kill it now right because like you brought this whole crew out yeah everybody and then like they did a bit I, I don't know if they organized it or how it worked out but then like though you did something with the host where he like got a couple of guys on stage and there was this real nerd looking guy with the boom mic and then like he just kind of edged in out of nowhere when he was on stage <laughs> and like I, it was it was that's a great. fun time yeah no that sounds awesome yeah i think yeah. i was at uh uh which one's the one on Elgin? Yuck Yucks? Or is that yeah, 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 Yuck Yucks and Elgin. I think it was to, yeah, yeah, I think it was at Yuck Yucks once. I think it was there for uh it was like I think it was like a first date or something like that. Yeah. And it was uh solid place for a first date. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know minimum amount of conversation. Play play it a bit ballsy, right? <laughs> yeah. This was like years ago. But it was uh I think it was like a first date and like yeah, I just thought it'd be fun. And then uh but you know, I don't know if like you know what I mean when you like you go on like a first date and it's like depending on how you ask you're not always sure if it's like an official date or if mm. you're just hanging out as friends or something yeah, like that it it's kind of how well you know the person yeah like yeah. Really, yeah yeah and then like i mean for me i didn't know them so you're very still, well you're still unsure if it was a date is that the case kind of thing well like because i don't know there's been times in the past where i th- thought for sure it was a date because yeah. like i didn't say this is a date but i you know i asked like oh let's 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 you know the two yeah. of us should get coffee sometime that sounds kind of you know pretty like your average first date yes, exactly. um and then i like i feel like i've shown up to that once and like the girl been we've been talking and then all of a sudden the girl be like oh like do you like this place is great because it's like just by my boyfriend's work and i'm like oh <laughs> i'm like well i didn't know that that's okay yeah, i guess this is, i guess this is not a date but anyway so at yuck or yuck she's just into that she's no this is a, still, still a date it's a date yeah maybe it's a date, just, maybe you know don't tell them one of my favorite jokes uh, I heard uh, Jimmy Carter. He's like, uh, mm. he's like, if you know, trust is the most important thing in a relationship. He's like, if I can't trust you a hundred percent, like if you're if you're you know having sex with her, you can't trust her a hundred percent. How do you know she won't tell your wife? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Damn. one. Yeah, but anyway, so uh, I guess back to my original point was I was at I was at Yuck Yucks for like a what I you know yes. I'm thinking is a first date, and then you know. Uh, I think Her boyfriend showed up. We, <laughs> God, no, that would be horrible. But um, no, and then uh, what happened is I think I don't know if we sat in like the front row or something, but I remember being like, I feel like it's something I would have asked, you know, because I'm like a little bit ballsy. I'm like, ah, hey, you want you want to try sitting in the front row? You know, it's not that big of a club, but it's like you know, if you sit near the front you're almost likely show. gonna yeah, get picked on. You know, I was like, ah, why not? You know, it might be a little fun to get picked on. And then I think what happened is. Uh, uh, what, how did it, how did it go? I think like we had to use the bathroom, like for like one of us had to use the bathroom and the other one's like, Oh, I have to go too. But we're like, Oh, we like, we don't want to go to use the bathroom during someone's head because that's just like cute to be made fun of right away, yeah. you know? And we're like, Oh God, let, like, we're trying to time it in between comedians, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, so, uh, I think what happened is like, you know, like as soon as there was like a switch over, we're like, okay, let's go really quickly. <laughs> you know, like, and then, uh, I can't remember, or maybe I, I can't remember how it worked out exactly, but somehow, how did it, how did it happen? I think maybe I went to the bathroom first or something and then, and then she was still there and then like, and then like, but then she went to the bathroom, like kind of after I was already Mm. in the bathroom, then I came back and then the comedian was already in the middle of her set and she like calls on me and she's like, Oh, why are you here? Kind of thing. And I was like, oh god! And I'm like, well, that's like it's a it's a first date. Uh, and then she's she's like going on about first date and like, oh yeah, so that I guess that's how it was. And then so I was like, yeah, like I guess it's a first date. But meanwhile, my date's like in the bathroom or whatever. Right. 
and then like she's asking questions about it i don't remember what exactly but then then uh you know the girl comes back down and then the comedian goes like says to the girl like oh so you're here on a first date and then like a ptsd <laughs> rushes in i'm like oh my god this better be a date otherwise this is so fucking awkward right now because we're called out everyone's looking at us yeah. and she just i just said it was a first date and she's about to either agree or, or disagree just... with it and that's gonna make me feel so bad if she disagrees but luckily she she was like yeah first date and i was like oh, oh thank god man. i was like that, that would have been so <laughs> awful <laughs> that would have been bad yeah yeah so i was like anyways i just remember that's that hilarious. from from a it's my comedy club story yeah. there yeah i've, I've definitely Close seen call. that kind of thing happen to people in the mm-hmm. front row before too where they're mm-hmm. like oh you guys together or like or just friends and they're like one guy's like yeah and the girl's like no <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> oh that's super awkward yeah, very much so weird yeah. drive home you know yep but, yep uh, yeah. someone's just gonna take the bus <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh man um well, i'm just gonna check this real quick Give me two yeah sure light on that one to tell me if it's still going no like i i I have good trust in the technology (laughs) but at the same time it's like without the producer right there to like make sure i'm like i I get yeah of course that's why (laughs) yeah see you got a you got a blackberry running there i have never seen those around that's what i'm saying that's why i was pissed because that other phone wouldn't uh i couldn't get it to switch back over to sd card so i have like a 64 gigs sd and the other phone it was full so and i don't know i was trying to figure it out and so i'm just kind of pissed now i was like okay well i have this oh so the blackberries are back up there yeah yeah. (laughs) makes sense makes sense shooting both of us yeah yeah i got plenty angles you know yeah it's more than more than any other podcast (laughs) i've never seen any videos of those (laughs) maybe the joe rogan one yeah yeah they've got some videos some of them do video but really it's just for the uh you know it's Mm -hmm. Well, you're putting you this up on YouTube, right? Be up on YouTube, yeah. yeah. Probably well, IGTV, Facebook TV. Nice. And all that kind I guess of anyone who's listening on on the podcast, where yeah. do, where do we go to find it on YouTube? Yeah, you can find it all on Matt Buchanan Studios. Is where everything will be, and there'll nice. be uh, clips for that at the beginning of the episodes and stuff like that too. So all my comedy stuff I put on uh, my YouTube and on my Instagram too, like Matt underscore Comedy or Matt Buchanan Comedy on YouTube. Yeah. But. Um, the way that it's kind of marketed or branded, so to speak, yeah, it's all going to fall under Matt Buchanan Studios, like all the stuff that I'm producing, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. um, comedy, excuse me, comedy, science, music, lectures, audio books, like, or audio lectures, etc., like stuff that I, yeah. audio papers, all that shit, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's that, so. Nice. Um, yeah, so I was, take us back, man. When, like, were you uh, were you born with the hair and a guitar in your hand, or when did you start? Uh, when did you start playing music and stuff? Like, yeah, was it a long time you, ago. Do you say born with the hair too? Born is that, with the hair yeah. and a guitar. In <laughs> yeah, definitely. Def, I mean, yeah, I've had this hair my entire life. This incredibly <laughs> impossible curly ass hair that you can do yeah. dick all with except for grow it into a fro basically yeah, that's you, not even a real fro you kill but... it man you rock it <laughs> yeah honestly it's i haven't iconic. done any like this this current which I, I can't tell right now but it's probably getting squished by the headphone i'm gonna have a little oh, like so you can crease. see on the back yeah it's gonna be a little crease there in the middle uh after this <laughs> when i leave the <laughs> leave the interview but uh um 
Yeah, so like I feel like this this hairstyle, it's always been like crazy curly, and I feel like most of my life I just kept it short. And then there was like a period in like was it high school or middle school where I was like, oh, let's just try and grow it or something. And like I think I like wanted to like grow it down because I don't know, it was like I think it was like early high school and like oh everyone like has their hair like down everyone's got the flow man it was like super in and i was like man I, I wish i could do that you know i'd probably like look a bit better if i could have like a bit of flow on my hair and then like i tried to do it and like it was just growing up so i tried to like gel it down and it like was not really working i tried to like wear a hat 24 7 and gel it down and sleep with the hat on and then it like it kind of started growing like to the sides of the hat and yeah. then curling up over it like a freaking weed it's kind of but, amazing oh awesome. it's ridiculous man and so I don't know. And then yeah. I think at one point there, I tried to grow it, and I kind of had a little afro phase there. And then at one point, I like shaved part of it and had a little full hawk thing in my like high school band days. Nice. And <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of that was a lot of fun. And I think yeah, my my full hawk days when I I always throw this in there too. I I think I even still have it in my bio. I like yeah. Um, I played in a band called Adam's Leaf. Um, and we we got to play a show at the Tulip Festival once, and we actually mm-hmm. opened up for uh, the Strumbellas, nice. who wow. were who were kind of you know Sweet. they weren't really uh, the the band they are today mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time. New. Yeah, we like sh- we shared a trailer members? with them. Uh, I think so. Like yeah, I I mean I didn't I don't really know them super well, so I'd yeah. have to look back and see, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we shared a trailer with them, and there was, like, some, like, sodas and snacks left in our trailer, and we didn't know if it was for them or for both of us, and we're like, oh, like, can we have some of that? And they were like, yeah, like, it was just left here. <laughs> it's just kind of cool. I always, like, looking back on that, being like, oh, yeah, I shared a trailer with that band, and we were just like, That's Strumbellas, cool. who who the fuck are these guys? No one knows the Strumbellas. <laughs> they, we don't, like, we should be playing after them, you know, <laughs> being our yeah. co- cocky high school selves or something. And then, yeah, sure enough, like, fast forward, like, what, five plus years and now they've got they got their big hit and they've got a few hits now and like so mm-hmm. now i'm always like yeah you know i open up for the strombellas you know <laughs> try to try to slip that in there yeah. when i can but hey you did because that's the truth i mean uh, yeah i know com- comics feel that way too you know if you're like get on stage and there's like an mm-hmm. amazing feature that night and you're like part of that show it's yeah. pretty awesome and like you usually get a chance to, to meet them at some point too in the green room or mm-hmm. you, know, you come across them and shit yeah cool, definitely know. Yeah, that's yeah. sweet. So you did. You had a band in high school. Is that yep. your your first band? Uh, was in high school or? Uh no, I think my first. Well, uh, I guess it would have been in high school. When did I start high school? It would have been. Uh, I would have started in two thousand and nine. I think is when I would have started high school. So in the summer of two thousand ten, just graduated two thousand. Just graduated from grade nine. Um. Yeah, I think that was the first band I had. I, I joined a band program called Be In The Band, which was part of Blues Fest. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was uh, basically we kind of like it was this band program where they just all put us together in a band. Um, like an orchestra type band or just like, like a bunch no, 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 of No, 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 like, all... like a rock band. Okay. Yeah, 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 like a five-piece rock band okay. kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, I think what happened is we all, you know, you can you can join with friends or if you don't have, you know – friends to form a band with you can just sign up and they'll put you in a band so i think what happened is a group of us friends wanted to to do it and i wanted to be a guitar player my buddy wanted to be a guitar player we had a buddy who was a drummer and another buddy um she was a bass player and so there was like the four of us and we wanted to play in a band together and then but of course none of us were singers or wanted to be a singer at the time and so we're, so then we had i think i guess we must have been uh, i don't know how old are you in grade nine like you're i guess 13 13 14, or something yeah. 14. yeah whatever and then so i think we all joined the band and then they had to so i guess someone who just signed up they had uh, a singer just join us right who signed up as a singer mm-hmm. and i think she was like uh she must have been like 
eight or nine years old or something oh. or something like you know especially yeah. when you're like at that age mm-hmm. like it was some, maybe she was t- i don't know like even a, even like two years at that age is like a huge difference yeah, right totally. whereas like a four-year difference it like it looked like a tiny little kid mm-hmm. and we're like oh god and she was so timid and shy and like couldn't she would sing, she like, sing like this in the <laughs> mic and like you know they tell her to like go closer and sing it's like, like an this, ASMR artist. Get quieter. yeah rock yeah <laughs> no and she was like so she was so quiet and then like we oh, practiced, a, like, we wrote, I think, two songs, and then we learned a cover. That was kind of the, the, yeah. the program okay. is you, you have yeah. to do three songs, one cover, two originals, and then you go perform in a community center in the Glebe. Mm-hmm. And we did, and, like, they're like, oh, someone should, like, help her on backup vocals in the chorus. And, like, and no one really wanted to do it, but I think my dad was, like, convincing me at the time. He's like, oh, why don't you just, like, just, like, just do it, you know? I'm like, I don't really want to be a singer. And he's like, ah, oh, it might be, like, something that comes in handy, you know, like, mm-hmm. if you're going to join bands Did down the road. Did Um not re- i wouldn't i wouldn't say he's a singer i think he yeah. uh i think he has a little bit of a passion for it though yeah, and in, he's like in the car in the show yeah yeah he's he's definitely like he's got a he's uh he's got a croatian background so he's like he's been involved with like uh croatian mafia. kind of like folk <laughs> croatian mafia <laughs> yeah that too we don't talk about that though we'll yeah. cut that out um but <laughs> we uh no he's involved he's been involved with like croatian folklore like music uh stuff in the past oh, so he has like a bit of a, a musical ear for that kind of yeah. stuff um, some I forget about a lot actually, and then yeah, I think he's got he's got an interest in singing. Um, but uh, I I've never he's never like performed mm-hmm. as a singer that that I know. So he of. encouraged you to though, and that was like what that was your first time singing on a stage. Yeah, time, but, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and he was like he was like ah, oh, it might come in handy, and I was kind of like I was like not really for it at first. So I was like oh, I guess you're right, and mm-hmm. then I tried it, and uh, in my opinion, I sounded awful, but I like sang along, and I just like. And, like, she sang so quietly. So when I came in on the chorus, everyone was, like – and I think where I was positioned on the stage, too, I was, like, half the audience couldn't see me because I was behind some speakers oh, or something okay. like that. Yeah. And, like, yeah, they were just, like – I'd, like, come in on the chorus and I'd be, like, why did this little girl's voice just get so deep all of a sudden, you know? <laughs> like, what the fuck? She just went through a tra- transgender transformation. Yes, right on stage, yeah. Stage. <laughs> it, it truly is fluid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, – yeah, so uh, – Anyway, so what happened, though, is she was, like, I think right before that show, too, she was, like, in tears, not wanting to go on stage. She was stage fright to the max. And then, like, when she got off, she, like, hated it. And then I guess the they always worded it to us as, like, basically, like, oh, yeah, if you do good enough at the the community center show, you might get to play a set at Blues Fest. I think that's just their way Mm. of, like, getting you to work at it. But, like, basically, I think they pretty much try to get every band to play a little three-song set at Mm. at the small Blues Fest stage. That's Yeah, Um, because they... They do have that the community stage or something. What do they call it at Blues Fest? Where they all like that's a that is a thing though, right? At Blues Fest. Well, it's not it's and not a specific stage. stage. They have like or... they have uh they have uh and there's like a time slot though when they, they have, have smaller like, stages. But they have they, the be in the band program does come every year and okay. do a performance for yeah. about I think you know it's like something like a four hour slot during the mm-hmm. day on one of the smaller stages mm-hmm. that they come and they get yeah. every band to do a few songs. Right. Um. So anyway, so. I guess she had a stage fright, and she basically just, like, they said, oh, yeah, you guys can do the Blues Fest thing. But, like, the singer girl, she just, like, dropped out. She didn't want to, like, do it again, right? Oh, um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so basically. Um, they're in beginning yeah, so, your career. Well, yeah, so that, well, from there, like, they're like, well, you guys can do it, but, you know, you need a singer, you know? 
And I, once again, I didn't really want to do it, but I think my, my dad, like, you know, encouraged me. He's like, ah, just go for it. And I was like, all right. And I was like super nervous. I had to memorize lyrics for the first time in my life. I was like, what? This is so much extra. I, I, it's hard enough to just like figure out the chords and the lead parts that I was, you know, (laughs) playing along with. And, you know, up to that point, I just kind of wanted to be like an Angus Young or an Eddie Van Halen. I just wanted to be like a guitar virtuoso, like crazy lead guitar player. That was my dream at the time. And, you know, and I'd been playing guitar for maybe, uh, yeah, maybe maybe a year or two at that point, kind of thing. Um, and that's like all I wanted to do. But then uh, I was like, ah, screw it, I'll just sing it. And I think I was like, I was always like a very like shy and nervous kid, I think, mm-hmm. and very reserved. And I think there was something about I agreed to do it, learned the songs, went on stage, and uh, and we performed our three songs. And I don't know. It's still on my YouTube channel. It's probably privatized right now. Really? You probably can't find it. If you, if you can, if you just look up That'd guitar. We were called Guitar Sticks and Drum Picks was the name <laughs> of our band. Yeah. Um, Clever. But yeah, so we, uh, yeah, it was my first time singing. And I sang like three songs there. And uh, three or two. It might have even just been two songs. Because it was like all I could remember at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I think there was something like. I, I would I sang really low because like I didn't really know how to sing or how to control your voice. I was like, I think the song was called like Why Don't You Believe Me or something like that. Some you know some very, like very early teenage way. angst you know. And I was yeah, but I mean I don't have a low voice like even now in my later years my voice is still pretty high. Um, and like I think I tried to sing it like Why Don't You Believe Me because I didn't know what to do with my voice. I don't know. I wasn't a singer. Yeah. Um, and that's how it went too. And then, uh, yeah. So then, so then like, I think there was like one part though, where it was like, I could have sang it. It was kind of like an attitude line and I could have sang it in that same low thing that I sang the whole thing with, or I could try to like jump it off an octave and like be really rock and roll. And like something clicked in that moment. And I just like in my head, I was like, fuck it, go for it. And I was like, and I was like, we're not going to break. And like, it was super like squeaky and like horrible sounding. But I did it, and I felt like a rock star, and and I like I like I did like a fist pump when I sang it too, and I was like I was just like I was into it, yeah. and I think something in that moment changed me as a person. <laughs> I I always think of that you just show. Just to the other side. Something something about me, yeah. Something for the first time in my life found what saying fuck it to something that makes you terrified or feel super uncomfortable with. And just going for it. And I was like, wow, like there is like a confident side to me. Mm-hmm. There isn't a shy, reserved, you know, timid person that's always there to grew up being. There's like there is a confident side to me. And I think I found it there. And I think that's kind of who I've grown into become since then. And of course, now I'm now I'm a lead singer. And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe that never would have happened had I not done had that not fallen into place that way. But yeah. It's going to be one of the most important skills, and you you found yeah. it. That's exciting, man. That's a, so oh, good that like, cool you, you too, yeah. came to it, you know. To be yeah, I think I'm very lucky that it just kind of fell together that way, you know, because, like, I was also pretty, like, I was very socially awkward in high school, too, mm-hmm. you know, like, almost, like, trouble finding, like, really good friends, too. Um, and everyone's just you know, everyone's, everyone's me in high school, you know, my, you know, not, not even excluding myself, you know, no one, most people don't intend to be, but you know, it's very hard being socially awkward and going through that. And like, if I was like, never had that little bit of confidence there, Mm -hmm. I think it would have been a very, you know, different trajectory, you know, my life and stuff. And it seems like, I mean, I didn't know you in high school, but that, you know, you just Mm -hmm. got more so because now on stage you have a very you know mm. uh, intense and good stage presence like you seem very confident you're totally 
know what you're doing, eh? But I imagine that also comes with the experience. Like you've had so you've been doing this for so long now. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I think like the confidence. Um, confidence is good because it lets you try without fear of failing kind of thing mm-hmm. but i think to appear confident on stage because the thing is you can be confident on stage and then you can still come off super awkward and like super like kind of emotionally misdirecting people's like you know feelings or attention to like you know what you're doing on stage okay. um and i think uh yeah so i think like there's a lot of experience you know there's 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 actual stage coaches out there like there's a whole other field of music that i think that's the biggest field that artists um, most artists look over is you know working on your stage show and it's mm-hmm. not just it's not just have energy and jump around that's not what yeah. having a stage show is it's everything from planning you know the quiet intimate moments to the high intensity moments to like the moments where you don't want to put too much pressure on the audience because they don't know you very well mm-hmm. you just want them to kind of feel welcome but yeah. still give you know they want to feel like they're giving you a chance and like maybe they're gonna like what they hear and then if, if you have an audience that's kind of won over or an audience that's full of like maybe half your fans because you've built the fan base then you know how do you want to engage with them and maybe mm-hmm. that size a bit more easy because everyone looks to their you know their their favorite big artists like lumineers and they're like oh the lumineers got everyone to clap at this part of the song i'm gonna get everyone to clap at this part of the song and then they go and play a show and they try to do it and nobody claps or, or like it's very awkward maybe one person does and everyone's like doesn't really want to do it and it's because yeah. they they're not understanding that there's a whole art to this and it's like the lumineers have 10,000 fans in the crowd you have 40 people who don't know who you are they don't want to clap because they don't they don't know your songs they're not into it yet you've got to you've got to like you know there's a guy named tom jackson who's like a a performance coach uh he's pretty well known from like i think he's out of nashville and um basically like you know he talks a lot about how like you know when you're like famous like that he considers that it's like you're married to your audience it's already a very comfortable relationship Mm -hmm. you can get away with a lot more stuff and you can expect more from it whereas like if you're kind of an indie artist with a lot of people that don't know you, you're dating your audience, you know, you can't, you can't come to a first date and like pull out some crazy moves, you know, you're still hiding a few things. Yeah. 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 You know, and you also just gotta be like a little bit more, you gotta like, you gotta ease into it because otherwise you're gonna scare someone off on the first date. You can't mm-hmm. be like on a first date. Let's go to Paris, you know. After you meet them at the coffee shop, I got two tickets to Paris. Let's yeah. go right now. They'll be like, uh, "No, you'll probably murder me. <laughs> Let's not do that." You know, yeah. it's the same thing as like asking people to like engage with you the moment they're first seeing your set for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I guess like long story long, that's <laughs> a. Uh, you know, there's definitely like a lot of uh, experience and like skill development in the live show that like it, the confidence helps you develop it for sure, I think. And then it makes you feel comfortable once you know what you want to be doing. Yeah. So like I remember uh, from listening to your Blues Fest album that, you know, at that point you had like it seemed uh, strategically, but playfully like planned a way to uh, orchestrate uh you know clapping for example uh mm-hmm. and i thought that was like clever and, and you know it showed that you'd thought about it like it, it, i i don't know i think about things in this way of in terms of strategy and i could see that i was like okay so there is like a method to doing that i wondered if it's something you practice specifically uh and thought about like externally that oh i'm gonna because it, it, i mean it's a comedic skill as well and it's one reason mm-hmm. why i picked it out because it's your the way that you're when you're not playing the music how are you managing the crowd and the types yeah. of things and like when you're doing crowd work and you want to ask people 
it's oh, that's a very big part of comedy obviously is is that back and forth rapport between you and mm-hmm. the audience or if you're trying to like get with people and uh, like i have some jokes too like and, and the guys I had on last uh, week shaw he was talking about he had a joke where he specifically part of the joke was like to get clap breaks yeah and like i've had a joke too where i was pretending that i was the killer's Hmm. And I got everybody to clap for me. I had the show right after the Killers on Blues Fest. Oh, cool! So I was at Blues Fest. I watched the Killers on yeah. a Sunday night, and mm-hmm. then I had a show at Absolute Comedy on the Monday night. Nice. The de- the next day, and I just like yep. wrote this joke, and I was a bit nervous for the show. I I'm, I don't get that nervous for, it, but it was the absolute. It was the summer competition, so I wanted to do like you know my best shit, and then anyways, I wrote this joke that next day. Which turned out to work well, but then at the end of the day, they're like, oh, you should have just done your regular material because there's a competition in any way. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was good feedback. So I did this joke where I was like pretending to be the killers because I was like, you know, I, last night I was at the killers. Da, 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 and I was like, and tonight I'm on stage. And like, so basically what I'm trying to say is like I'm the killers right now, <laughs> like now, even though you're 10,000 people. You're 150 people, but you're 10,000 people. I'm the killers, you know? And that was yeah. kind of like, and then I got, I was like, ladies and gentlemen, and then everyone clapped for me and stuff like strategically placed it in there because I wanted a big, specifically a big clap break because yep. the joke that I was going to do immediately following mm-hmm. the transition is extra funny when it comes following a big clap break. So nice. like, everybody's clapping, they're cheering. And then I'm just like, so I'm keeping a dead bird in my car lately. <laughs> and it's just the transition makes people laugh. And so, so all yeah. that was planned. It doesn't nice. look really, but it's, yeah. so I wonder, you know, it seems as a musician, you, you, you have some, you do plan a bit of you yeah. know, how you want to be on stage. Oh, hundred percent. Right? That's really cool too. The way you're saying it. Um, I feel like I, I got into comedy a little bit a couple years ago. Um, when I say got into it, like I just kind of like was listening to a little bit more mm-hmm. com- comedians. Um, more of a fan now. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, like there was a few com- comedians that I was like kind of becoming a fan of, and then I started like finding YouTube videos that were breaking down how they say things, and and you know it was kind of cool looking into it. You know how they it's not only they could use they could say the exact same words, but just pausing in certain spots mm-hmm. totally changes how the audience yeah. will react. And that's really cool too. like to see that, you know, you talk about that with your thing there and yeah, how you set up I, your joke. I and think about that kind of thing. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It so I, I think it's something I think it's exactly how you put it. And it's something that musicians don't do enough in general. You know, even I even I think I could do it a bit better. I think I do it. I don't it's know if I that do you perfectly work on though. It, though, even yeah. because it's something a lot of musicians just might not think about because yeah. they, it's not their first job, you know. It's yeah, like a, it's something you can only really start to consider maybe once you've got the music down. Like it's kind of like yeah. building your hierarchy. Like if you haven't got your foundations built, you can't really yeah. start to work on these specifics yet. Yeah, you know? and, so. and honestly, I think that was like that's actually one of my flaws um, in like kind of my development years and like the last few years and stuff like that is uh... <laughs> no. But I mean, honestly, like I it's. I was uh, I came from that comedy duo and you know like I said I love bare naked ladies and Me especially too. in the comedy duo we were really good at our show our live show yeah. was bar none to anyone else in the program in my opinion in terms of engagement in terms of entertainment value we mm-hmm. had freak, we called ourselves confetti folk because every show had confetti cannons yeah. going off like a lot of our shows bar, had but you still do a couple shows with him sometimes right i remember you did like the boat show yeah so we don't right? we don't play like, as like that comedy so, okay, duo but we'll yeah, share bills right. together because we're still like we're still like he's like my best friend basically yeah, and we yeah. still very much are like involved in each other's music mm-hmm. careers even though they're two very separate yeah. careers now um 
But yeah, um, yeah, you were in do. So you have so, some comedy interest and background at the end. Yeah, of the I mean, uh, there's actually a part of me too that uh, it has always considered, you know, trying to take up stand up as like a hobby, never something professional, Come but on just out, man. yeah. Come I, on I on thought out. of like, you know, why don't I try and well, write a routine and like see what I can introduce do? Introduce some people, get you on a show. Yeah, it could yeah. be fun. Just to you know, nothing that I I don't see myself ever making a living off of. I just yeah. something I would want to Great just hobby. pick up the skill a bit, just mm-hmm. so I could get up once in a while at some either open mic or maybe some you know maybe one day some opening slot you know like you're you're mentioning and it could totally and like probably help with not necessarily with your music but with yeah. your whole showmanship in general yeah like, maybe do you know chili gonzalez are you familiar with the name at all? i don't know no. so he just did a show at the nac here okay um what's it one or like two weeks ago maybe now mm-hmm. and i was there i'm a huge fan he's a contemporary pianist he uh, is like a jazzy type musician but he plays just amazing new piano he mm-hmm. writes his own stuff he's won some juno awards and that and he has a few where he has uh, songs with the cello and then a couple with the um, the uh, drums as well but anyway the point is he i was not expecting him to be like funny at all but he had like a lot of jokes he talked shit on stage for a while like he's wearing this like big fancy <laughs> robe like it wasn't yeah. versace but it might as well have been you sure. know? like it looked big fancy robe and then like the girl their bow she had this like beautiful flowing like white <laughs> gown and like it's all very elegant and we're at the nec in the big theater and he talks shit for a while and just like was funny as hell and like making jokes and he has a couple songs that he does yeah where the whole song is just him like rapping but talking shit while rapping while playing <laughs> piano at the audience that's funny but it's i don't know i found it very funny and it wasn't even like comedy music it was totally yeah. its own thing it was just him being a great musician who was also funny and like it that's nice. how it read off it was interesting. yeah right? yeah for sure yeah no that's really cool i i, I think i always like uh, I, I think I try to avoid being too funny in my shows just because of my comedy, you know, music background that I try to like True. really sever off yeah. a little bit, you know, from, from going forward. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's uh, but I still like, you know, I feel like cracking the odd joke or finding something that's a bit funny that makes the audience laugh is always like a nice way to like bring a little, uh, you know, refresh, a little refresher for what the audience is feeling in the audience. And that's kind of fun. Um, and I still, yeah, I still have the odd joke or two that I've kind of, you know, thrown in here or there. Um, but almost just to go back really quickly, you were talking mm-hmm. about, or I was talking about it anyways, how I thought it was a bit of a curse because you were talking about the foundation and then people yeah. are forgetting to build the show. I think it, for me it was very, it was almost the opposite where we did have, you know, we were called Toast of the Town and we had one of like the, in my opinion, you know, the best shows in, in terms of entertainment value and in terms of, you know, just engagement and all that stuff. But our music, I think, was okay, you know? I think mm-hmm. in the lyrics, there was a lot of, like, things that made people sing along or made people laugh. But nothing was really, like, a lot of the songs we wrote weren't songs that, you know, you'd want to be, like, listening to on your iPod. Have on a playlist that you want to hear regularly. That you're yeah. like, oh, I love this song. I just want to listen to it again. It wasn't really, the music wasn't there. And then I think going forward, I was kind of, I had that similar thing. And then even to even to date, um... I still think, while I think my music has gotten better, I still find it's like, it almost like, it's, it's like, it's almost like a a bar below where my, you know, live show skills are. Mm -hmm. And I think I've been trying to, you know, change that up a bit because I think, you know. You mean your recorded stuff you feel is not pulling its weight compared to your live? Is that what you're saying? No, not necessarily. It's not, not in terms of like the quality of the sound and stuff. Um, I mean, there is a bit of a, a thing there. I think that could be better too, but I'm mostly talking about, you know. I think it's it's kind of comparing apples and oranges here, but I think like in terms of just like 
developing my songwriting skills and then developing my live show, I've like invested more okay. into my live right. show. Therefore, gotcha. I'm just further along the way, inve- mm-hmm. you know, with my live show than I am with my songwriting. And I think I've noticed that in recent years where it's like, okay, the foundation can be crumbly a bit because mm-hmm. people love the live show, but maybe the music isn't being played as much. And I think the bad kind was actually one of the first steps that I took to like really, that song was, you know, had a draft. It was like completely revised at one point, And then it was taken to like a, you know, um, a song coach professional mm-hmm. that had like really went through it tooth and nail with me. And like, we changed a bunch of stuff in it to make it the song. You know, well, I, a, I feel like it, it, it shows mm-hmm. for itself what it that really does. does. You know, yeah, you, you, you does. just came in here saying yeah. it's still one of your favorite songs. Yeah, and I think it that's it's because it's got a lot of nuance. Like the way, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it shows that not only were the lyrics thoughtful, but like mm-hmm. your voice control was thoughtful as well. Mm-hmm. And that the way that, um, like uh, I can't do yeah. it because I can't sing, but just like you really focused on changing those li- even just little notes yep. uh, in certain places, which I think made it even a better song than it probably started out as. It was probably a great song already, but then you you mm-hmm. really if by focusing on it made it better. I'm sure if I could it. find the original version of it, people would be shocked too. Well, it sounds yeah. like nothing. I think at first, honestly, too, there was like. Not that it would be bad, but, like, just to show you how much it changed. In one of the first versions, there was, like, a whole almost, like, Ed Sheeran wrapped bridge to it. Okay. That was, like, That'd yeah. That would be cool. I could yeah, do it. Yeah, it's, but, like, it, prob- like it, it probably wasn't done very well, you know. <laughs> but that was – like, that's how different the song is now. You, It's almost impossible to picture a wrapped verse in there, yeah. you know, kind of thing now the way it's done now. But, like, in the first – or in the very first version of it that existed and and like it was really kind of spun on its head there and uh you know made you know crafted really to be Mm -hmm. the song it is today yeah that's that's the thing that happens i think in all writing processes whether it's writing music or writing um comedy jokes or writing papers books etc it's Mm -hmm. like so you you produce more than really what you need and then when, by the time you've cut away everything else is what you're left with is really what's the best uh, yeah if you've only produced up to what you think you need then you're it's, there's always could be more it's like once you've done too much and then you have to start to take away is when you know that you're really hmm. um, building something that's like focused and special yeah and i mean there's always like you you can't be too much of a perfectionist with anything like there's always there's always you know something could be better this could be better but you know but there is like i think i found a way to at least you know get my songs to a certain level now you know is what Mm -hmm. or something that's something i'm working on at least you know um as opposed to just kind of like oh write write it you know there's a couple things that you don't like personally change it and then put it out you know i think that's what a lot of people do and Mm. I think a lot of people don't want other people to touch their songs because they're they're afraid of them taking away their personal touches to it. But, um, you know, I specifically work with a, a song coach, you know, more, more often than not. Uh, she goes by Tara Shannon. She works okay. at uh, Willow Sound Records based out of Russell here. And nice. I think she's actually merged mm-hmm. to form a new company called Syndicate, which is kind of still it's like an art, artist development mm-hmm. indie label type of thing. Cool. Um, but like after working with her, she just like really puts it in a way that like you know, she, she knows what it takes to be a professional songwriter. And I, I mean, like some people she's worked with, like, uh, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Jessica Pearson in the East wind and stuff, Yeah. but, uh, Jessica Pearson from that band, she's like through Tara Shannon, she's like worked with some hit songwriters and she's actually gotten a cut, you know, from like a, a big country artist. Wow. Um, and like, yeah, her name That's appeared awesome. in Rolling Stone magazine, nice. like this wow. past year, like, because That's of sick. like, 
crafting the song because it's not just about what you want if you're a professional songwriter mm-hmm. it's about how the audience hears it you know it's mm-hmm. not about you it's about them you're they're the consumer at the end of the day right like i think as artists we kind of covet that as like you know oh but it's got to be my expression only kind of thing and like like you still want to be authentic and have your expression in there but you don't you have to remember that it's not a hobby, right? That you're just, you're not just doing this for yourself. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you know, you're just, you know, metaphorically just jerking off on stage, right? Basically, right? You're doing this because, you know, you don't go see your favorite band just because they're liking it. You go see them because you're loving it, you know, from the audience. And that's the thing that I think people don't understand. It's just because you're loving it on stage doesn't mean the audience is loving Mm -hmm. it out there. And there's many, both in the show, in the songwriting, in the quality of the band, all those things affect how the audience feels as opposed to just how you feel. Yeah, totally. And I mean, some people just like to jerk off on stage, but that's (laughs) up to them, you know. But the thing, no, that's true. And I I can't remember who said it, but I remember hearing somebody say, uh, you know, that the art is really only 50% yours. You know, your Mm -hmm. art, it's all 50% yours. The other 50% is the audience and what they take away from it. Because Mm. after that, it's, you're just making it. It's how people perceive it and take it in that's, Mm-hmm. the whole rest of it that's why it's manifested into yeah. reality is and i think be, a lot of people forget yeah. that and even when you remember it what i've learned from working with like a song coach like tara is that it's very hard even if you know that you're trying to get the audience to feel a certain way it's very hard to differentiate between how you see something and how the audience is going to see something so without another yeah. person who's a professional critiquing you and saying this part here mm-hmm. does not translate for whatever reason yeah. it's hard to see that on your own especially when you're so inside the song because mm-hmm. you wrote it from a place of usually personal yeah. you know experience or feelings and do you have to do or do you find it's often for yourself or other musicians to do like writing groups where you kind of workshop songs with other musicians or yeah like i mean it's I, it's uh let's uh, yeah we kind of call them co-writes pretty much okay. basically and uh yeah, I don't. Uh, I haven't done them frequently recently, but about last year, the first half of last year, I was doing a lot of co-writes just because I wanted to get my songwriting skills up. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there's... so that means like you're doing a song, you're writing a song with somebody uh, yes. that you're both working on together. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and you're kind of splitting the, uh, you know, yeah. the the rights to it basically, and yeah. and yes, yeah, so it's usually two or three people you'll be mm-hmm. writing with, sure. um, and like you'll see too with like hit songwriters too. Like if you look at almost any pop song, all the time, uh, it's yeah, like it's you know they've got five or six songwriters mm-hmm. on it. Right? It's like making a movie, right? Somebody mm-hmm. writes the script, different yeah. people work on the script, somebody yeah. works on the film, somebody works on the editing. It's all the team. Yeah, it's not just one person. What um, I was what I was interested in those because there's like there's a number of comedy writing groups uh, yeah. that go on. Like there's a, a new one that just started. I have one that I've been in for a while. There's like, they go on different parts of town yeah. where it's, it's a little different, I guess, cause we wouldn't call it like a co-write where it's always like, sure. they're always our own jokes. So okay. we show up with our own jokes and mm. they show up with their jokes. And they help it's critique like, them. Yeah. Bit. Before we yeah. take it on stage, nice. let's talk about this joke. And then you're getting some like professional, semi-professional yeah. feedback from, other people like because you're saying you know like it's always yours and you have this sentiment to it and a reason why you did it this way but you never really know until you do it and like i take lots of stuff on stage without mm-hmm. workshopping it like, yeah but sure sometimes there's certain jokes that are really good to workshop me the ones i think i i focus on workshopping the most is if i think it might be like too risky or like yeah if it's so risky that i just want to make it more clever so that it's funny and not like 
just yeah, like uh, yeah. outlandish but that kind of thing where it's like how can i this is funny but let's let's dial it back and mm-hmm. give me some advice on how i might you know so we do those kind of groups and you know you meet up at a coffee shop or whatever you write like what's yeah. your what's your writing process like do you have a specific type of process that you like to that works for you well for songwriting or when do you find uh you focus on writing the most? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something I haven't really dialed down to a science. That's It's actually the, like, I'm kind of going through a process right now of uh, rewriting an existing song and then kind of going through, like, a promotional process. So my focus isn't super much on writing new stuff right mm-hmm. now. Um, but, like, it's something I think I need to dial. It's one of those things that I'm like, okay, I'm lacking a little bit in this side of things, and it's one thing I want to work on. But um, just to quickly touch back on what you said about kind of how you have those workshops there. Mm-hmm. I think that exists in the music community too. Like Tara at Willow Sound slash Syndicate, like she, uh, anyone who's members of her like indie label, they kind of, they've definitely had like monthly sessions where you're going in and yeah. kind of getting critiqued and also by peers and professionals too. And then I think I've never been to it, but there's a guy named North Easton who's like a really good songwriter from the Ottawa area. Um, and he, I think, hosts like a monthly songwriters workshop where everyone goes in and you can go perform a song and get it critiqued by all the other songwriters in the room. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I think it's kind of like similar to how you were saying it there. So as far as I go, though, I feel like songwriting, there's the whole rewriting process, but where it comes from in the first place is usually just like a a spur-of-the-moment idea, something like that. And like sometimes it's just musical. Sometimes it's just like a melody in my head or like a feeling or like a kind of like a big... Maybe I'll be in the shower and be like, oh, I got this like beat in my head and this kind of rhythm that I want to get out there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have lyrics or meaning to it yet. It just has a feeling to it. And yeah. I feel like it's – I think maybe a lot of people come from lyrics first, but I feel like I tend to come from music first, like the sound and the feeling of it. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'll try and match an emotion – like a lyrical emotion to that or a story or, you know, it really depends. Like I feel like for me though, it usually comes from the music first, um, sometimes from the lyrics, but – I feel like mostly from the music, but I'm, I want right. to dial in on that. I'm mm-hmm. going to be kind of post this next run of things I'm going to be getting through. Mm-hmm. That'll so be announced soon. Like a, I think yeah. that's more of like a rapper's approach, right? They start with the music because they often, will, I mean, sometimes they write stuff separate or sometimes they get the beat first yeah. and then they get a beat and they're like, Oh, what can I put onto this beat? And, uh, yeah. And that, or, and then they write for the beat <laughs> to a specific yeah. rhythm or, or yeah. then the other way around. Sometimes you write something and then you have to get someone to make a beat for it. But Totally. Uh, yeah, it depends yeah, that makes ha- sense. how you're inspired, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if we take a quick break here? This, yeah, this beer has gone right through me. <laughs> you can keep that yeah. in if you want. But yeah, PP yeah, it's break. a kind of... T- All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back after a quick PP break. <laughs> yes. This seems to be a theme. On Matt Buchanan Studios. Yeah, uh, you asked me before we started if I was, uh, you know, you're like, you're like, if you need to take a pee break. I was like, no, I'm fine. I don't have to go at all. And then you drink one beer and then it goes right through you. It goes right through. And you're like, damn. And now, and now we're into it. You're like, ah, oh, gotta break the seal. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta get my buddy in here to tell the story about the time he like pissed in a bottle at Blues Fest because he like had a couple too many beers. I don't, I don't want to totally single mode so if yeah. he wants to come on he can tell the story <laughs> yeah but maybe maybe wait to so say his funny, name until yeah. he volunteers because like he crushed a couple of beers we're at blues fest and like we got a really good spot we're already and like i didn't know he was doing it at the time but i was there apparently like oh god like because you know we're up at the you know, real close to the band doesn't want to leave yeah like oh i know yeah i know <laughs> i know the situation <laughs> i've been there before yeah man. but yeah uh, well, speaking of awkward situations like that, have you had any like crazy, weird, or unexpected <laughs> shows or like weird shit that's happened or like uh, anything like uh, 
totally unexpected or bad storms? Any crazy sh- sh- show stories? Yeah. Um, I've got a really bad one off the top of my head because it's the most freshest one. But I'm trying to think if there's like just like a really weird one or something mm-hmm. like bad like it was just a oh it was not, not a good time it was just yeah not a good time just yeah it was uh um i want to think if there's like something a yeah. little bit weirder though you know i just like i feel like i've got i've, pull it I've got those stories Harry? Pull yeah yeah for sure i feel like i've got those stories um i definitely have them somewhere but nothing's coming <laughs> to mind right off the yeah. bat you know how but, about like really amazing shows that, like any of your favorite gigs that you've done or like yeah yeah super memorable i mean you do more than 100 a year i imagine there's that's a lot to yeah i mean there's a lot of good times so. i feel like yeah there's a lot of good times but like even the best cover show um you know still doesn't quite beat out a, a good um original show you know yeah, what i mean true and so the and then there's definitely then there's the best original shows too which are like those are the highlights right like blues fest was amazing i think it mm-hmm. was more situational than anything like yeah. the show itself wasn't perfect i don't think but it was like it was just kind of like a dream come true yeah, being there was in oh itself, just yeah, i could have been amazing. playing the theater inside and it would have been amazing but mm-hmm. just to add you know more to it they put us on the main stage which That's was so like cool. holy shit mm-hmm. and like not just you know your average blues fest you know average blues fest main stage um but a, it was backstreet boys mm-hmm. day where they extended everything with like a shit, big right. you know pentagon shaped walkout out and then they had like these platforms on there none of which we were allowed to step on by the way okay. <laughs> they like just for the backstreet yeah boys, stage yeah. manager right off the bat told us like you cannot touch any of this so ironically um we actually got to play on a very small portion of the main stage <laughs> in terms of depth <laughs> um which we were like strictly enforced to um so for anybody who doesn't know officially i know i mentioned it very briefly at the beginning of the show that kyle you know he was on last year 2019 blues fest in mm-hmm. july uh, he was the opening band uh, of the day on, I think it was the Sunday when Backstreet Boys were playing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, that's that. That's amazing. Though. Oh, so it was that's the best. A huge best. I get to tell everyone that. now that I've opened up yeah. the Backstreet Boys, basically, cool. you know. And, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was quite incredible. It was very hard, though, because, like, because we were the first band on, not, there's not a giant crowd yet, right? Mm-hmm. And because they built this giant Pentagon-shaped thing outside of the front of the stage um, that's also, like, maybe 15 feet high – no one who's at the front around the Pentagon thing can see the stage anymore. They can only see directly up to the Pentagon, <laughs> like okay. the walkway basically. Right. right. So we could only see, it was kind of really weird. I was like center stage and my band was kind of in a line, you know, beside me. Cause that was the only way we could do it really. Um, Fucking line band. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right. There was just no, there was no depth. Like I said, it was maybe like 10 feet of depth at that, you mm-hmm. know, like a, like a small venue's depth of stage, yeah. if not smaller. And then it was just like the whole width of it, which was like maybe 50 feet or whatever. But, uh, anyway, so I could basically, I was center stage, but I could basically only see audience to the far left and to the far right because the pentagon was blocking them out mm-hmm. and it didn't go deep enough for me to see people past the center area no. so it was really <laughs> weird so that's where i did a lot of walking around mm-hmm. i mean i found i was either looking very much to the to the right or very much to the left to like really make eye contact okay. with the audience but no what a wild show i mean like it was something else to just like have that much you know, attention brought to your act and like have everyone kind of working for you. And you've got this backstage hospitality. They're giving Mm -hmm. you meals, free drinks. They're giving you snacks. Everything's on demand. Like they, they, yeah, it's like for a, for a day anyways, you know, and like you, you get, you get paid a good amount for it. And like, and then apparently one of the, uh, 
you know, you're running into these pretty good bands too all around you, not just the Backstreet Boys, but mm-hmm. just like these pretty good bands. And and then... Uh, you get to chat with a couple of the bands briefly here. And yeah, there, so I know like or... this was, uh, ironically, I think it's the most security Blues Fest's ever had from what I could from what right? I Even before yeah. they had Migos and everything went shit the year before, two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's when they needed yeah. security. But... Yeah, so I think this is, well, like I, I guess in terms of the most, uh, maybe I should reiterate, the most security Blues Fest has ever had in terms of backstage security. Gotcha. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Keep it was the like. the band safe and things like yeah, that. Yeah, well, so it was like there was so much security that it's like not only like because like i think typically anyone who like works with like blues fest is like media people like photographers for example mm-hmm. um they're allowed to go um from stage to stage into like you know kind of the backstage areas like to get to the pit where they mm-hmm. can take the the gotcha. proper photos right but i think anyone who wasn't specifically hired to work um for backstreet boys that day was not even allowed to go to the main stage backstage where we were allowed because we were playing it right we had our trailer but we had our own freaking trailer we had our trailer back there yeah and it was um yeah so it was just crazy but like not only did we have our trailers like all the other you know artists playing the main stage have their own trailers too but then the backstreet boys have maybe four trailers i guess for them and their families and their tour you know okay uh, crew and whatnot (laughs) but not only was it like not only was there heavy security to get backstage for the main stage there was also additional security to get into a separate area cordoned off for the Mm. backstreet boys so like not even i could get near their trailers you know even though i could get into the backstage area where almost nobody could get yeah. already you know okay super exclusive that yeah point, it was right? pretty crazy so like it, you know the chances of meeting them were pretty slim but yeah. it happened it so happened that i think one of them um because i had a couple crew of my own side stage for my set uh one of the backstreet boys came out for anyone who knows the backstreet boys his name was brian i, I don't really know them very well but mm. yeah so brian apparently came out and sure i know some people are cheering right yeah now. exactly <laughs> right and so apparently he came out during our set to watch a bit of it that's awesome and uh I think my crew side stage, they also didn't really, you know, we're a little bit just past the time to know Backstreet Boys that well, you know, in terms of what they look like. And so I guess the people didn't really know who he was, but then I guess at one point security called him away and said like, (laughs) oh, like, don't like, let's, let's, we got to go back to the trailer. You're mingling with the normies. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, so everyone, I think everyone's side stage was like, was like, oh, like who was that? And then they ended up like looking it up, like they Googled it later. And then they're like, oh, it was the, they Googled Backstreet Boys. And they're like, oh, it's this guy. It was one of the Backstreet Boys that was just hanging out right beside us watching the show. And then like, it just so happened that, uh, as they were walking on stage for their set, I happened to be backstage kind of just trying to go to my trailer and because throughout the day, we were allowed to go onto the sides of the main stage and, like, go up to, like, a little viewing deck there where people can usually win, you know, what's called best seats in the house where they get yeah, to go, like, right. that little seat seated area there mm-hmm. on the stage. Um, so we were allowed to roam free through there during the day. But then as soon as Backstreet Boys were coming on, the whole stage went on, like, lockdown. Like, no one was allowed Crazy. to go out near any of the ramps that boarded the stage, wow. artists secure, or not. Eh? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess they're just, you know, it's funny. I forgot, too, but they're, like, you know, you know, I guess at this point, maybe one of the, well, now they're dated. But, like, you know, at one point, they were the most famous band in the world, right? True. And like, So, yeah, um, I guess they have to have that... Uh... Yeah, yeah and personal it's like a, security, I guess, right? They're yeah, probably worth a lot so it was of money like it was super and, extra, and yeah, yeah, and and anyway, so like I guess it, we just so happened probably, to be it's probably right in their contract even too. Actually, oh, probably, so yeah. yeah, and like so we happened to be walking. Um, we were trying to make our way back to the trailer, and that's when like I guess a line of security stopped us before we could get to the ramp, uh, that mm-hmm. like put us to the behind the the main stage, but uh, 
we were basically right there though, right behind the main stage, just just about to get onto it, but security stopped us. And then the Backstreet Boys are walking on stage through an entrance that's right beside where the security stopped us. So they're walking right past us. And Brian sees me, I was wearing like a pretty bright, like white and black floral shirt. Like it's very obvious, you know? And uh, so he sees me and he goes like, oh, hey. And he comes and walks up to me and he shakes my hand. He's like, great show, by the way, man. And like, I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Of course, security's going to let them walk through, right? So they do that. And then, of course, I think, um, I guess everyone's favorite Backstreet Boy, Nick Carter, whatever, <laughs> follows Brian. And he comes up and shakes my hand too and says, hey, man. And like, he, I don't think he saw my show. I don't think he had any <laughs> fucking clue who I was, but he just like followed Brian's footsteps and just was like, nice just like guy. shook my hand. And then, and then they went on stage to do their set. And I was like, holy shit, did that just happen? <laughs> the Backstreet Boy, or at least a Backstreet Boy, just like, thank, like congratulated me on my set. Like, sound. what the fuck? For That's sure. so cool. So anyways, that was just wild. And, Unreal, I got carted around. Yeah, I remember after my set too, because you know, even though there wasn't a lot of people, there was still like, you know, even though it looked kind of empty from from my point of view on the main stage, there were still a few hundred people there for Must our set. Been, yeah. You know, even <laughs> when it looks empty. And then, yeah. so I remember going down too, and like, I just went to, I just wanted to go say hi to some people near the front row. So I walked into like the photography pit where I was allowed to go, just to you know, just to try to make some new fans. Right, it was my goal. And people were stopping me for pictures and autographs, like so, no tomorrow. And I was you, like. Yeah. What the fuck? Like you were recognized. I was, I was like, why? I was like, you. yeah. And it, well, I mean, I had already played my set, so mm-hmm. people had just seen me yeah. play my set, and I was wearing a very noticeable yeah. shirt. But I guess I don't know if it's just like the stature of playing on the main stage that they're mm-hmm. like, oh, a main stage artist is here. Let's get his autograph. Or if it's like I, my show was really that good, where they were like, wow, this guy's amazing. Let's get his autograph. You know, I don't know which yeah. one it was. A bit of both, either way. Yeah, that's a, but it was just cool like, clout. yeah, and like the thing is, I wanted to go down there just for like ten minutes because. I had agreed, you know, they, they, cause they told me when I was bringing my merch to the merch booth, they ask you there, they're like, will you come here to sign autographs after your set? And I was like, um, I mean like I will, but like, who's going to come, who's going to come do that? And they're like, oh, well, if you announce it, people usually come. I'm like, all right, put me down. Sure. Like (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. not really expecting much, but sure. I'll, I'll come do it. So then they tell me after my set, they're like, oh, we've got like a, a golf cart here to like bring you to the autograph tent. And, private yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, do you guys mind if I just take like a minute and just go say hi to some people in the front row who just saw my set before they leave, you know, and then and then I'll go over and they're like, yeah, that's fine. And so then I was saying hi to these people and because there's so many people that wanted pictures and autographs, I had to start. I was there for like 15 minutes when I had to start like turning people down because I was like they've been waiting for me for this golf cart for like 15 minutes. Like mm. I, I'm sure they've got other places to be. Yeah. And I was like, this is such a weird thing. Like, why am I turning down people for photos? And not? like, it's like, it's all circumstantial, but it was all exactly. just like, it felt, it was just a weird, like, it was like a day in a life of a rock star, or just like yeah. a day being a rock star kind of thing. A and it was like, to start them, yeah, yeah, I was like, this is so like, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my ego's getting a little too high. I got to get grounded. <laughs> I mean, I was grounded very shortly after I played a very crappy cover show the night, like two days afterwards for like uh, two people, basically. Oh, we're yeah. in the crowd. You're coming off such a big high too yeah. from that whole show. Oh, and... yeah. And I mean, when I went to the, eventually I went to the autograph booth and there was a lineup of like 30 people there. And like, I, I think maybe 15 to 20 of them were like, friends and family mm-hmm. but then there was like another 10 15 people that people had no idea and i was like what that's so it's cool, like why man. and i was like 
I was like, I couldn't. I was like, this that's is good. so that's wild. The realest, that's the realest feedback right there. Oh, it's, man. It tells you something about, you know, your, what you're doing. You're doing good things right. You know? Maybe, building, yeah. It's hard to believe you're building it. building your fan base. Yeah. It's always a bit surreal. You know, you never quite feel like it's for real, eh? Yeah, yeah. It takes yeah. a bit of time to set in. Mm-hmm. No, I'm happy for you, man. That's awesome that that all went so well. And another comedic i mean i was just thinking about that and it made me think i was like yeah you are a bit of a comedian aren't you because i remember you went down before the show too didn't you yeah you kind of made a you made a few videos with some people like just random people at the show and like blues <laughs> fest has five stages and they have like i don't know 20 or thirty thousand people that show up right so there's gonna be yeah. a lot of people there for a lot of different people but i remember you were yeah like, asking people like oh you're here to see kyle ivan or you know kyle ivan or like Yep. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of that, uh, like, blank faces and so some people. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun. That was a couple days before. So it wasn't even the day of the show. It okay, was like a couple days before. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, I went with my buddy. Uh, I think it was my drummer Chris who was filming. I'm I'm not sure if it was him or not, but. Um, yeah, so we went down to like film next. I thought it would just be some great promo for the show. Very funny. And I, like, I yeah, it, went, it, went up so. to actual like information people who like are handing out the schedules Uh, to tell people where things are and i said like oh like do you guys know when kyle evan is playing and i I think you can look at the video one guy was like kyle evans um i'm not i don't didn't even get the name right so disrespectful yeah and they were like they're like are they playing at this festival people had no idea and they were like the information there are people working well volunteering at the festival i thought you know it's exactly what i was hoping for right yeah I'd be going up to people too and being That's like, perfect. I'd go up to the people at the drink booths being like, oh, are you excited to, you here, are you going to like uh, be here for the Backstreet Boys on Sunday? And they'd be like, yeah. I'm like, okay, are you excited to see Kyle Ivan? And like, you know, to kind of like get them excited for, you know, say Backstreet Boys yeah. first. And then I say, are you excited to see Kyle Ivan? And it kind of, it's kind of like your setup there where I yeah, set them it's... up to be excited about Backstreet Boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I go like, and I go like, uh, I go like, great. So what about Kyle Ivan? You know, and they're like, um... I, I don't know yeah, who that yeah. is. I don't. And then I've had, I think <laughs> I had a few hilarious. people be like, oh, I think like, like I've heard his stuff. Like, I don't really know him, but I think I'll check him out. And like, I'm like, no, you haven't. You're <laughs> fucking lying. Aren't you? There's no way you've listened to my stuff. Uh, I, you never know. There's, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a percent of people in town. Who maybe, are gonna, maybe. Gonna, I mean, I feel like if they had, they might have kind of recognized me a little bit, yeah, a little maybe. bit maybe. But or maybe just through like I know I was on a few blues fest playlists, like people that just added every artist onto a True. blues fest playlist, yeah. which was cool. It got me a lot of like uh, you know some just a lot of reach in terms of different people mm-hmm. checking out my song, you know. So nice. Yeah. So uh, I know that you had an out soon. You got to be somewhere. Uh... I was going to ask you, though, if you want to tell us before you go, maybe sure. just, uh, you know, what you're working on right now. Yeah. If you've got anything that you're, sure. you're really focused on at the moment that you want to tell people about. Yeah, I, I, I'd be happy to. I mean, uh, nothing has been announced yet. So this is this will be a, okay, be a, a pod exclusive, you know. Exclusive. Yeah. You want, okay. Well, uh, yeah, hey, if anyone's going to listen to this episode <laughs> to the very end, they deserve to know a little something yeah. that, you know, the rest of people don't know. Very good. Um, yeah. No. So, like, I, again, nothing's officially announced yet but like there is going to be another single coming out um mm. pretty soon i'm not gonna there is no official date yet okay. set in stone yep. but like expect it another pretty one. soon you know that's exciting um so that's going to be a new single it's going to be one of the songs i play live uh pretty regularly but you know it's going to be reworked as i was mentioning mm-hmm. it's rewritten a bit more yeah. and uh, uh refreshed a bit you know and it's gonna gonna be going uh gonna be releasing that soon and then that's also going to be followed by uh, a little tour around ontario hopefully with the band um you know kind of late march early april Mm -hmm. is when that's going to happen 
And then, uh, yeah, so for anyone listening in Ottawa, you know, it's uh, still not announced, but just uh, if you can keep it a secret. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'll, yeah, I'll be playing. Uh, there'll be a big show at Live on Elgin on April 4th, Saturday, April 4th. So that's, okay. a, yeah, a little big exclusive dick. there. Yes. That's a yeah, big release show there. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be, like, another show in Ottawa before then with the band uh, that we'll, we'll be featuring at uh, a Rogers open mic night at Live okay. on Elgin. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be a bit, you know, it'll be a shorter set. It won't be kind of like a, a, a crowd full of the fans and there won't be like so much dancing because there'll be a lot of open micers yeah. there. But uh, yeah, if you wanted to like get a taste of us before April, because I know for a lot of you, that's a long ways away still. Mm-hmm. Um, you can catch us there. But in terms of like what we're working on, another single, I'm not going to say which song it is yet, but it's coming out. going to be followed by a little tour with the band. And uh, yeah, it's going to end at on Saturday, April 4th yeah, at Live on Elgin. Calendars. Definitely do it. There's yes. already, it's a pretty good lineup. I'm not going to say who's on it yet. I'll okay. save that for the announcement. Yeah. But if you want to mark the date down now and get ahead of the game, um and that's I'll, what it's gonna be uh, i'll mention it again whatever episode i'm doing in april i'll, sure. I'll bring it up again yeah. and uh, remind everybody that they can find you there and you know in yeah March, definitely uh, yeah find you. that's cool i hope i can make it to that show oh, I'm in, i know i'm in toronto on april 1st uh, but i don't know when i'm coming back yeah. but if i'm back in nice. town that's uh, that's funny yeah. uh i don't know what you're doing in toronto april 1st but uh also also not announced but just because of coincidence uh on that tour the toronto date will be on april 1st so. oh really <laughs> yeah wow, cool um, well, I'm sure you're in town for business or something. Yeah, busy, but there's a business convention. Around, yeah, uh, with Richard Branson. Ooh, oh, uh, yeah, 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 that's a uh, Virgin guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got tickets to this thing, but it's like a, it's like a conference type thing, but it's a chance to meet with a lot of entrepreneurs nice. and uh, promote business and network and that sort of thing. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, very much looking forward to that. It's yeah, really cool. It's promoted by uh, the group Haste and Hustle. So shout out to them. Oh, cool, you know, they're, awesome. Uh, they're a cool group. They've organized the whole talk. It's going to be, yeah, that should be fun. So that's why I'm there. Maybe I'll it. catch you in Toronto then because I don't know yeah. if I'll make it back on time. But, That'll be uh, great. That show will be yeah. at uh, that show will be at the Painted Lady in Toronto. Painted yeah, Lady, so yeah, iconic For any too, Toronto man. listeners, April 1st, that's not an April Fool's joke. <laughs> yeah. That's when it will be. Yeah. Um, Show up. Again, it won't be masturbating on stage. (laughs) Exactly. Won't announce that lineup yet, but that's also going to be a pretty good lineup as well. Um, So yeah, Yeah, that's sweet. Things in the works. Play in so many places and all over uh, Ontario. It's something else I want to you know get into at some point. Understand you know how you go about booking tours like Mm -hmm. that and comics book tours. You know we like to do Ontario. We go around and we try to do the different clubs. And I guess it's it's the same thing. eh? You find the venues and you've played lots of them now. So now it's it's probably a little easier for you to go back to yeah them it's and, it's getting easier yeah. still still a good amount of work yeah. there's still a Cold big calling learning people curve. and saying hey, a lot I'm of that position yeah yeah yep. a lot of that doing it it's a you can screen it out a little better after you've done it a few times be like okay this venue isn't really a serious music venue oh this venue is probably just getting cover bands it's like oh this is where all the touring bands go this is one you should reach out to and oh this is the guy to email don't or this this band or this you know venue doesn't have a website or they have an email but they never answer you message them on facebook you just start True. learning some yeah. of the little tips and tricks of a few really, venues and then the and then there's some venues that don't get back to you for months some venues that reply the next day you know and you gotta you know yeah. kind of learn learn that way just yeah just the same with comedy some places you get booked real quick some of them it takes a month some you just yep. don't hear back it's just you hear back if you get booked you don't hear back if you're not getting booked it's exactly like, yeah it is what it is that's awesome. cool man well thanks yeah. so much why don't you show everybody your yeah, merch and stuff thanks for quick. having me uh, yeah I'll, I'll show you real quickly the camera, got, so you got uh, the bottle openers and we got uh, these little bottle open bottle openers they're oops they're not they're not buttons they are bottle openers so you can uh you know crack open a cold one with the boys yeah functional. and uh, have my brand yeah. on it there and then we've also got uh 
there's one line of t-shirts right now. I'm probably coming up with a couple more. Yep. Um, but there's this line right here. It's a uh, very nice, like hill figure style. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it, yeah. a little hill figure ripoff. It's Kyle uh, Ivan, this shirt is comfortable as fuck. Very nice. Exactly. I bet it is. A little comfy as fuck shirt. It's uh, got it in white and in gray here. Both the same shirt. They're also a. Uh, if you read the tag, they're a soft style. They're not like your like little cheap shirt that you know like you might see in a lot of band shirts that they're kind of feel yeah, a little bit rough. The loom, they're like yeah, yeah yeah. These are like they've got you can feel it right there. It's yeah, got a little very bit of soft, soft touch very to soft, it. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that's you know you gotta you gotta live up if you're gonna write comfy as fuck on it you gotta you gotta live up to that. Touche. Right? Yeah yeah. yeah. Give myself a gray one so I can sweat right through it at a show. <laughs> and, uh... Exactly. <laughs> Awesome, man. That's well, it. yeah, thank you so much Thanks for having so much, me on. I appreciate it, Matt. And uh, I guess you mentioned, too, you might be uh, – I know we have my song in the beginning of this episode, and you yep. mentioned you might want to get it on, on on future episodes. So Yes. Yeah, if, uh, if, if you guys are ever listening for that. You know, I've got some instrumental versions I can hand to you if that's better cool. for, like, leading in to talk up yep. to or whatever. But no, uh, Yeah, you guys can look forward to hearing him on the beginning of this episode, or you will have already heard him on the beginning of this episode. You will hear him – on other episodes and his songs to come and past songs as well. I, I look forward to featuring some of his music. I think you'll really enjoy it and, and you'll get to uh, go find him on Spotify, Kyle Ivan, find him on YouTube at Kyle Ivan, and you can uh, catch us anytime there at Matt Buchanan Studios. Thanks, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for coming out. Thank you Take so much. Take care. That was another song from our guest today, a previous single of his called The Bad Kind. One of my favorite songs from his, as I mentioned earlier. Again, check him out and check the song out on Spotify and Instagram at Kyle Ivan. <laughs>